two, one. Lift off and the clock has started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Backyard Roundtable segment of the Project Semper podcast. The holidays are well and truly behind us, and the frenzied spending on compulsory gifts has left the detritus of Chinese junk scattered about the landscape. In this pre-episode bonus segment, Jen and I wander through the touchy subject of gift giving. As always, remember to be proactive and like, subscribe, and share any and all the stuff you find from Project Semper. If you find value in it, odds are someone else you know probably will too. I appreciate a little slice of your valuable time, and I hope you join in the journey. Let's go. I guess it's a uh, uh, standard of radio slash podcasting, whatever that you don't. If you don't do a uh, current events show, that you don't want to put a timestamp on your episodes because. It should be consumed whenever. The person who listens to this in June of 2026 should feel like they're listening to it a current thing. But I don't care. It is is post, well, we're in the midst of the holiday, the winter holiday season. Mm, Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And I used to, I used to be the typical person who would blanch at hearing happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, but that was born from a lack of education and from a lack of understanding of just exactly how big the world is and how much is going on that has nothing to do with that specifically. And I think more than any of that, it was, there was a time for all of us where there was some necessary pushback culturally that naturally goes over the top at the beginning and then settles in to the middle. Yes, the pendulum swing. Right. Um, Where it was almost when you said, well, it wasn't almost. If you said Merry Christmas to somebody and your heart was full of joy and all you were doing was greeting someone or saying goodbye to someone during this particular time, that you were uh, corrected, you were uh, reprimanded to recognize that it was not, in fact, just Christmas. It wasn't even that. It was like, I reject you because this is a, an, uh, Nebulous all holiday time. And so we eventually settled into the fact that, well, it's not only Christmas, but it's Hanukkah time and it's... uh, Winter solstice. Sure. Whatever it is that you have. And it's not offensive. It's not offensive to say Merry Christmas, but it's also not offensive back around or any direction to just say Happy Holidays. Anyway, um, so it is the end of the year winter holiday... It's not even winter because if you're listening to this in South America, then it's... It's the end of December. Right. Thank you. Um, I think that's universal enough. Thank you for being my linguistic ombudsman (laughs) and keeping me on track. Anyway, so we just finished a big... We, my family, just finished a big giant circle around the entire basically state of Georgia and south states of Georgia and South Carolina and 
we had plans initially, which was to stay up in the mountains at a cabin and visit my family who would have been an hour's drive from there while we could maintain a little buffer because when I say my family, I'm speaking of my two brothers and my stepmom and my two brothers each have two kids, two girls on one side, two boys on the other side, and the girls are 11 or 10 10 or 11 and four or five, and the two boys are four and one. That's a lot. And so that's a lot going on, and they didn't, it's not that, not entirely that I didn't want to be in the middle of that, but they didn't need us in the middle of that. So we were close enough to drive down on Christmas morning and spend Christmas day with them and come back up to the mountains and still enjoy our mountain, (laughs) our mountain Christmas experience and up in the mountains of North Georgia, except for we had a monumental a winter storm slash cold snap that apparently attacked us from Siberia. And we got a call from our Airbnb host in Dahlonega, Georgia, that said, "Um, we just wanted to give you a heads up that you know that it's cold, but um, there's probably going to be some high winds and a little bit of ice, and we're prone to power outages. And it's going to be about eight degrees here. And as soon as my wife told me that, I thought, no. Oh, and the end of that was, and we understand if you want to cancel, um, and we'll give you a full refund. And that was very nice of them because they certainly were not uh, beholden to do that under the guidelines of the Airbnb contract. However, um, that was very nice of them. And when I heard that, the potential for pretty regular power outages uh, really, I didn't need to hear anything else other than power outage and eight degrees. Yep. And that was not going to happen. So it took me about a third of a second to go cancel. Yeah. And so we booked a place in midtown Atlanta where there's almost 0% chance of any kind of power outage. And we were still less than an hour away from the folks. So we just adjusted, pivoted, enjoyed our more, uh, our, metro city holiday versus our mountain holiday and still saw the family and a couple of things this time of year always brings lots of interesting human characteristics to bear particularly when you're dealing with the interaction of families um but i so i wanted to talk about some of those just for conversation because it's fun and maybe we can solve a problem along the way. But before I get into that, I want to, I have sort of a quasi public service announcement to make because after we get done here, I'm going to go probably go for a run and then go to the gym and there will be lots of new people over the next few days as the new year begins uh, heading into the gym. And, and that's fine. I clearly welcome anybody who wants to improve their situation physically to come on in to the fold. However, I have a couple of things about the gym. I don't even need to address the fact that you should clean up after yourself. Put your weights away, put your equipment away, put crap back the way you found it and all that. Because it seems like I've heard that somewhere before and that that particular thing has been preached 
for decades upon decades, and actually if you extend it out to just picking up after yourself for about the last 5,000 years, keep the space around you tidy. And I, there's not little children in the gym. No, not allowed. These are grown people. Yes. Who just leave a wake of destruction uh, behind them, and I find that perplexing. So I'm not even going to talk about that. Did you see how I didn't even talk about that? But one thing, this one little thing that cracks me up, and here's the public service announcement. If you're on the treadmill, which I recommend, I you should... To get the best, the most benefit out of the out of the exercise of running or walking, you should do it on the road or on a trail. But sometimes you're limited in either time, space, whatever, and or the climate. If it's no degrees, then you're probably not going to go run outside. Or if it's like it is here half the year, 125 degrees, then same thing. Even though I do it, my wife calls me insane. Anyway, on the treadmill, ladies and gentlemen. When you press the incline button <laughs> and you raise the treadmill to uh, simulate walking or running uphill, this is an awesome thing to do. It increases your heart rate. It changes sort of the muscle groups. It, it involves the glutes more and, you know, the hamstrings. So it incorporates some different muscles. However... The act of walking uphill involves a forward lean and different muscle engagement. If you raise the incline of the treadmill to eight and you hold on <laughs> to the television screen in front of you and lean back here, you are essentially no longer walking uphill. Is that real? I see it every day. What? At least. That doesn't make any sense. If there were. 20 people on treadmills, what? 17 of them would be engaged in that ridiculous activity. So they, they crank up the, the incline, and then instead of leaving their hands by their sides and walking up the hill, the simulated hill, they grab on to the big data and TV screen that's attached to the front of the treadmill and hold on to it, and they just essentially lean back which completely removes all of the things that you, all of the benefits of inclining the treadmill, because now you're just putting your body back into a flat walking position. And endangering some things, like potentially slipping and ripping the TV off the treadmill, falling backwards, hitting your head, which, by the way, my first instinct was to ask you if it would be rude if I could come to the gym with you and take my phone and go up to each of those people and say, I'm just waiting for America's Funniest Home Video clip. Go ahead. Yeah, there's all of that, but wow. it's just, oh, that's so sad for, guys forget about, um, and it's, I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's laziness. I think it's just a lack of understanding of physics. If you hold on to something and you're leaning back with the incline, you change your angle. You're once again, walking a flat plane. Yeah. You're not getting any resistance. Anyway, that drives me insane. And I wanted to address that. Uh, and other gym weirdness and stupidity, I'm sure, will come up. Also, if you lean forward and hold yourself up against an incline, it works your core. About that. Bathing suit season's coming up, people. Think about that. <laughs>
Here's another thing I noticed along the way. Uh, we stayed at an Airbnb, as I mentioned, in Midtown Atlanta. And this is universal. This is ubiquitous. This is far-reaching, and I, I can't imagine anything that's more 100% uh, across the board than the following. Do you think that any innkeeper, hotelier, 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 I think it's French, um, or room host. renter, host, letter, subletter, anyone that runs a uh, a uh, hospitality, hospitality. Well, what's the uh, um, not residential? What am I looking for here? A uh, Anyway, anyone that runs an establishment where someone comes to stay the night and there's a television, do you think any of them have ever checked the batteries in the TV remote? I have no idea. The answer is no, because I've never stayed at any place ever in my entire life where the TV remote batteries weren't dead. So the question now is, do you travel with your own batteries? The, question, the answer to that now is yes. We've been making a list along the way over the last year or so of crap we need to just keep in a bag stored in, in a closet or, or the pantry at home that we just grab to take with us wherever we're going whether um, like coffee filters are in there, mm-hmm. um, spare AA and AAA batteries for this kind of thing. It's Extra wh- toilet paper. Yeah, because you can check into a place and it's spotlessly clean and organized and arranged and everything is beautiful and ready. And not that we go on vacation to watch TV, but when you're done with your day, perhaps you'd like to sit down and watch, I don't know, Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, and you pick up the remote only to find that it doesn't work because somehow the checklist in, in batteries, a good set of AAA batteries and a TV remote could last a year. So it's not something you would check mm. necessarily or think about checking. However, perhaps it should be added to the checklist or maybe quarterly, such as mm-hmm. every three months we're going to check or two months, we're going to check the batteries. We're going to just pick up the remote control when we go to clean it up after checkout and press the buttons and see if the TV comes on. Like the or, smoke detectors. Yeah, you or you test those. Right, or you just keep um, some rechargeables on hand and just char- and change them out, mm. I don't know, once a month, regardless. But that's one of those little details of life that, is never addressed. It makes no difference to the universe. Nothing in the flow of humankind is going to change if the batteries are dead or not in the TV remote. However, if you are charging money to the public for the hospitality of your space, then you should make every effort possible to create the most pleasant and elevated experience in exchange for their very, very hard-earned resources and money. Especially since things today rely so heavily on reviews. I mean, something like that little touch could make a difference, although I'm surprised that if they weren't working that someone wouldn't have reported that, but people don't always report things. I don't know why. You're not hurting anyone's feelings if you tell your host that the batteries were dead in the remote. And it's supposed to help them. Yeah. And enhance further experiences pass it on what is that phrase pay it forward pay it forward 
um, perhaps your experience was not 100%, but you can be an instrument of help, of service, in helping to make sure that the next person has a 100% experience. And I'm willing to bet, given my belief in universal balance, that that Mm. will come back to you. And it may not come back in the form of batteries, but it will come back somehow. Um, And finally, we talked about this when you arrived today, but the, uh, what I call the inertia Mm. of holiday gift giving. (laughs) And I'm curious about um, this dynamic in your family because you grew up in a different kind of holiday environment than I. Fair? Yes. So we did, we lived very close to my dad's sister and her husband and her three kids. And both of my grandparents lived in uh, lived nearby for a while. And even after they moved, they would come back up. My mother's mother would come in from California. My grandmother and I both have late December birthdays. We would get together and do all the birthdays, all the Hanukkah. My mother's family, actually, she was not raised. Let's in the not same let way. that slide by. What? Hanukkah. That was done. I know. I'm just oh. saying. I didn't want people to go, oh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What was that? Okay. I, I'm sorry. I will come back. But <laughs> so my mother's mother was actually not Jewish. Uh, my mother converted at some point and I was, my brother and I were raised Jewish. I just learned that recently. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, it's not really like a defining. No, it's just thing, a fact about you yeah. that I didn't know. Yeah. But, uh, so she, my mother's mother lived in California. We lived in Connecticut. She would come for several weeks to stay. So we, it was a big family thing and it was never a, well, we're Jewish and we're going to just do the eight presents, but she's not Jewish. So we're only going to give her Christmas presents. It was just a big family celebration and there were kids and there were adults and um, my grandmother would come stay with us. And it was just a, just a big pile of fun on that day from all of my memories and all the pictures uh, and all of us in our velvet dresses from the eighties. <laughs> so did you have a hybrid Christmas, Hanukkah, childhood. We would do the the proper eight nights and say all the do all the candle lighting, do all the prayers. We were very active in the synagogue, and then um, we would also do Christmas with the whole family. And the cousins would come in; they would do Hanukkah at their home, and then we would all just get together. And it didn't really matter what the gift was wrapped in; the spirit was just there that we were together, and you know, it was fun. So, gift giving. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there was a time and for the record, I will state right up front that this is not a, um, gee, that's a great story, grandpa. This is, uh, meant more as an observation on the, we'll use the word progress in its dictionary form, meaning from there to here, uh, how things have evolved not not specifically to gift giving but how the humanity and the culture in which we live has evolved over my lifetime which is my only frame of reference except for history books and um the point being when i was you know sub teen so 0 to 
12, let's say, um, you, it, it was, Christmas was, uh, and I had a small nucleus of my family near me. So it was essentially me, my parents, and my paternal grandparents, and occasionally an aunt and uncle and a cousin. Um, everybody else in the rest of my family was far flung around the country. So it was Christmas meant one, call it substantial gift. It could have been a bicycle, for example, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then some stuff, socks, shirts, things that when you're 10, you know, it makes sense. Yes. To get, to receive. It's not, um. It's not the great, you know, it's not what a 10-year-old, yay, socks, uh, whatever, but yeah. you need that stuff. But there was always one kind of central gift. Mm-hmm. And then some stuff your grandparents would send, you know, matchbox cars or... Yeah, age-appropriate toys yeah. for your new year. Right. And the stocking, my stocking, always, and this is probably, I don't know, I'm sure many of others of you have a, have a mother like mine or had a mother like mine, but um, this is... Purely a product of my mother. Yes, there was candy in there, but there was always an orange in my stocking. (laughs) That's a new one for me. Now, let's make a big leap here and then circle back in a second. Think about what's in stockings these days, like iPhones. What? Well, yeah. If you haven't been around children lately at holiday time, children of that age... Yeah, that's what they're getting in their stockings. And I'm, I'm maybe being a little hyperbolic by saying iPhone in the stocking, but I'm not really exaggerating. It's no, I understand what you're saying. Electronics, video games, yeah, uh, video- bigger things. The point of the stocking is right. fun, cute, There's like small. Five, six, seven hundred dollars worth of crap in the stocking, and no, absolutely not. Again, this story is not about. Back in my day, and things are much worse now. No, it's an observational thing. And the point I'm trying to get at is that, and I think about Halloween with this too, because your average kid these days has about 19 Halloweens. They've got the one at home. And then they, well, okay, if, if Halloween falls on a weekday, you have uh, a big Halloween in the neighborhood on Sat Friday night or Saturday night, right? So, it's not a work day, but you also still have that one in the middle of the week, but then you also have one at school. And then you also have one at, I don't know, daycare. And then you also have one at whatever your after school activity is. And then you have one at church and then you trunk have or treat. trunk or treat. And you, by the time it's all said and done, you have 19 holidays and these kids have 87 pounds of candy, which is great, except for all these kids also have debit cards and iPhones and Venmo accounts and all this kind of stuff. And it's not special to yeah. them. Yeah. And so while we have, I guess, evolved, progressed in the dictionary sense as people, our, a lot of our, call them traditions, have not. And parents get really cranky when you talk about, dude, you're, do you really need, do you, is this necessary? Do you realize what you're doing to this child? I mean, yeah, there's talk a about lack of appreciation when there's so much and so much. And it's an, it's an amazing position to be in on one hand to have so much bounty available right. to you on the one hand, because it will also counterbalance and make you dull and unappreciative and entitled. So anyway, 
Christmas um, from my perspective. That was kind of like what it was like when I was a kid. And if we, we had a conversation this morning, my wife and I, uh, about this particular gift and a conversation that may need to be had, which is not going to be had because it's not going to be received well. And so it's easier just to let it go. So, even though it's wasteful. So back when I was probably 12, my grandmother, my mother's stepmother, um, sent me every year for as long as I can remember the little matchbox, not matchbox, Hot Wheels, the mm-hmm. little Hot Wheels cars. But these were the old, old, old school ones that were just basically a piece of steel. And they were in weird old timey car shapes. And I loved them when I was five, yeah. six seven but when her package would arrive and they lived in new orleans so and i lived in georgia so when the package would arrive it eventually got to the point where i was like man and i would open it and of course i felt bad because i was a conscientious child you know i was like i wasn't hurting anybody's feelings but i felt bad about feeling bad about feeling bad you know so anyway i told this to my parents and they said well what you need to do is write her a letter mm-hmm. and tell her thank you, how much you appreciate it, but that you're a little bit older and that it, it's, not, it's not a gift that you particularly enjoy receiving. That's anymore. extremely forward-thinking of them. That was hard yeah. to do. And when I did, I'm sure her feelings were hurt by it. That's just natural because you... You don't really think about that. You're if you're a grandparent or a parent, a lot of times your kids are always like isolated as especially if you're a grandparent. Your kids or your grandkids are children forever, right? <clears throat> yes. So I'm sure she felt bad, but in the end, she didn't waste any more money. Right. I didn't get any more gifts. And this was a hundred years ago before we could just very easily drive a mile down the road and give them to Goodwill or the cancer store or something. But even beyond that, the fact that she thinks she's getting you something that you'll get joy out of and think of her when you look at, and that's not how it's being received. It's your responsibility as a human to have that hard conversation so that she none, she now knows, like she's closer to you now. She's not thinking of you as a five-year-old. Now she knows you're an eight-year-old. Right. And, and this is a very simple concept, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Growth, human growth and development and, and, forging relationships and making things stronger and allowing parts of you to die that need to die so that you may be a better person going forward. But anyway, so uh, to kind of bring this all back around and to put a bow on it, you see what I did there? Such a dad pun. Um, A a relative that we visited... (laughs) who I'm sure will never listen to this, but I'll make it anonymous anyway, um, gave us... We have for at least 10 years now asked for no gifts mm-hmm. from our parents and grandparents and any of those people that are still alive and brothers, sisters, because the, the simple act of an adult giving a gift to another adult that's not from a place of this person would really love this. Right. It's obligatory. This is the inertia of holiday gift giving. And so this particular relative gave us a particular gift that this particular relative has been giving us for, well, we've been married for 23 years, so at least 23 years. Um, And I think it probably goes way back into my wife's 
Oh, I just gave it away. My wife's childhood. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, well. And it's a nice thought, but we've asked them not to give us any gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that this gift is given every year is not, it has nothing to do because it's a useless gift. It really is. Yeah. It's a useless gift for us today and it's going to go to waste. Yep. It's going to go, we are going to take it to the good, to wherever. Yeah. To see if somebody else can use it. And it's, it's inertia. It's, it's bad inertia. It's a word I used earlier. It's ossification. It is, I feel obliged by the circumstances to give something, whether it's useful or meaningful or anything at all, even though I've been asked not to give any, not to receive or give any gifts because we're all adults and we shouldn't be giving each other gifts just because anyway. And you're put in that uncomfortable position of receiving it. Thank you. And it's even gotten to the point now where here, I know you don't need this, but here it is. And the person walks around passing out the same gift to all of the quote unquote children who are all in their forties and fifties. One of them is right there in that blue box. Oh, yeah. I've seen those. So we have two. You saw the other one. Yep. And then that one. And that, I think, folks, that we all, let's all get together and hold hands in a circle and have a big, open, honest conversation about some of the things that really need to disappear in this culture. And one of those is obligatory, the, 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 damaging inertia of the erosion of the damaging inertia of the obligatory idea of gift giving for no particular reason. So I had similar experiences with two of my family members. Um, It only happened once with one of mine, but the main family member I have had a lot of very difficult conversations with over the last I don't know, maybe 10 years because I sort of got to a point where I couldn't bury it under the rug anymore. And it was so uncomfortable and it was not received well, but I, in a very kind, loving way, pushed and I explained my side. And I'm very fortunate that the person on the other side of that heard, not just, well, I guess not just heard, but listened and was really mature enough to be receptive to what I was saying And that has made our relationship that much better, but it was so uncomfortable. It was like, I don't want to hear this. Stop. You're being rude. That's such a terrible thing to say. It's like, is it really? Because I'm actually trying to help you understand who I am as a person because we're, we're related and it's really important to me. And I want the same thing out of you. And I'm, I'm opening up the space to be vulnerable and to trust. And it has made, it was not an easy journey. It was very awkward, but it's gotten better and better. And now it's to the point where if I say something that would have offended this person years ago, now it's like, oh, well, that's okay. Yay. That's, that's really positive growth. That is excellent. But it and took a lot of courage. Yeah. On, really on both sides. It took courage yeah. for the other person to, really did. to work through it and get there. Um, and you mentioned related. Um, 
I think that you can have that conversation with friends and acquaintances oh, 100%. much, much easier than you can with relatives, especially relatives that may have any, everybody has insecurities. I talked about one of mine earlier, which is gone now, but um, insecurities or uh, they lean too hard on the uh, agreeableness or uh, empathy side of life and don't have a counterbalance to, you know, to the understanding of friction. Yeah. So the other instance that that happened was with a different relative and she normally sends me gifts that I absolutely adore. She has great taste. I would never pick these things out for myself, but when they arrive, I open them. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing and gorgeous. And I always tell her that pretty much exactly that. And one year she sent me something that was so off base and it was expensive. And so, you know, my mother disagreed with this course of action, but I very kindly reached out to this relative and I said, look, I, I just, I know that this is so difficult to hear, but this is not my taste and I won't wear it. And I hate for this to go to waste. And she said, no, send it back and I will pick out something different. And the thing that she picked out next was beautiful. And it was so awkward. But what was I going to do? Throw it away. Like, I don't have the heart to bury something like that under the rug when I know that it was sent with good intentions. And so, yeah, I may have hurt her feelings temporarily. But when I got the the different gift, I showed her a ton of appreciation and I verbalized it. And that's just how I choose to live my life. Some people say, you know what, it's just easier to go with the flow and that's fine. Sometimes, but I think that may be, you know, situationally, yeah. If you're in a temporary situation that causing friction or trying to change something that is not going to matter to you in an hour right, is pointless. That's, that's where you got to bend the other way and go, you know what? Forget it. Whatever. Change, you know, change what you can change and learn the wisdom to know the difference. And I love this candle. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and there's actually something that I was thinking about in relation to some of the things you've been talking about and it's decision fatigue. Uh, First came to me in a little book called the power of habit, I think is the title of the book. Very famous book. But when someone is picking out gifts, even though they've been told not to pick out gifts, they've already made thousands of decisions. They've already had thousands of conversations. So how easy is it to just go, I'll take 10 of those and different things and hand them out at Christmas? Yeah. And that's when the meaning of gift giving disappears. Yeah. And it just goes to the inertia of obligation. Yeah. And And boy, is that the opposite (laughs) of the spirit of gift giving. Yes. Or even Christmas, or Hanukkah, or Ramadan, or or love between two people. Yeah, it doesn't have form. to have a particularly secular meaning. Whatever. Yeah. But I saw this and I thought of you is a much more meaningful thing to me to get in the middle of May, when the only holiday might be a obscure National Cookie Day. <laughs> <laughs> but that to me is much more meaningful going, I was on vacation and I saw this and I absolutely thought of you and I wanted you to have this. Completely, absolutely. All right, that's it for this time. 
If you're into it, please stop by ProjectSemper.com for other episodes, videos, and blog posts. You can also find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music Podcast, and Audible TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and on and on and on. You can find videos, reels, and other fun stuff on Facebook, IG, YouTube, and Twitter. Your hub for all things Project Semper, though, should always be ProjectSemper.com because we can't be algorithmed out of existence there. Well, not yet, anyway. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining in. Peace out, homies. See you next time.